stay seated and you know it's going to be a little bit of shell shock because we're like why aren't we singing right off the bat right well you know as I was kind of we were moving towards today uh really started to pray and think and you know typically what we like to do is we like to preach through uh you know a book or a topic or something like that and um this morning as we're kind of getting ready to roll into 2022 as weird as that sounds and um the word that just kind of kept coming to my mind today was the word remember. You know, was the word remember. And so everything we do this morning, I want it to be around this idea. And we'll read from Joshua chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it'll be a, the verse will be on the screen. And we'll kind of take a few moments as we worship to stop, acknowledge some things, and just pray. And, and that the constant theme through all of this for each and every one of us in our individual lives, in our individual moments, is remember. Remember, and, and we'll kind of, I'll kind of lay the groundwork for why that's the case this morning. And Joshua chapter 4, it's a, probably a familiar story that you've heard and um, probably heard preached a hundred times. But I pray that for today that, that you would make it very kind of individualized in some sense. And as we move towards it in the service, more collective as a church for us as we move forward into what 2022 has for us as individuals and for us as a church. And so I just want to read one verse and then another part of a verse. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 3, so the children of Israel have just crossed over the Jordan. They have just entered into the promised land, right? They have finally come to that point that Moses had been leading them towards, that Abraham was moving towards before that. I mean, just all of these moments have been leading to this. And so they get to the Jordan River and they think to themselves, there's no way we're crossing over the Jordan River. They have the Ark of the Covenant with them. And so what does God tell them? God tells them to lead out with the Ark. And as the Ark goes out, He says, I will open the waters up. The land will not only will the waters be open, but the land you walk on will be dry. And so God does this miraculous work. The children, children of Israel cross over. And so after they've done that, God gives an instruction to Joshua and says, this is what I want you to do. And he says this, and starting in verse 3. He said, And command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. And then down in verse 7, just reiterating again, he says, Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it passed over the Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And so this moment is, isn't unique to, to the Bible. This practice that these people are partaking in, it's something called cairns. Um, and what this is, is this is them coming before this moment and then something has happened. And it is used in, in historical sense to uh, resurrect a monument, to resurrect a memorial, to resurrect, a, you know, later on it would be used to, uh, to um, you know, denote where funerals or where burials have happened. It's this place of memory. It's this place of remembering. And so... For us to look at that and for them, you know, this was this, I, I love how God's instruction were to take stones not from the, the, the shore of the Jordan. Where does he tell them to take stones from? From the midst of the Jordan. Take it from where you've been. There's something about the places we've been that build up to memorialize and, and remind us about where we're going. 
about what we've done, about how God has used us. And so for so many of us, you know, it's very easy for us to memorialize the bad things, right? We can get so fixated on the bad things, so fixated on the fear, so fixated on the doubt, so fixated on the shame or the hurt or whatever it might be. And so what God tells them to do is go to that place where maybe at one point you stood in fear. Maybe that place at one point you stood in shame or doubt about what God could do or what God was doing. Because listen, in reality, for 2021, for you, maybe it hasn't been all great. But to be where you are today, God's made moments to bring you here. God's used, there are stones to be gathered from where you've been, whether it's good, whether it's bad. And so what God told him is he says, go take those stones from the midst of this place that God did a work. A place where you shouldn't have crossed. A place where you shouldn't have been able to move from. A place where you shouldn't have been able to see anything happen. And resurrect this Karen. You know, but there's also another significance to this. And then we're going to worship here in a second as the worship team gets ready. And we're just going to praise God for His goodness and His worthiness. Because as they stand in this place, you know, uh, another just great passage of scriptures in 1 Chronicles 16, 15. Is where, you know, what we do today is so historically accurate in a sense to the songs sound different, but the work is still the same. In 1 Chronicles, David uh, begins to, they recover the Ark of the Covenant. The same thing that Joshua and his people were, were, were being led by were carrying with them which represented the presence of God and leading up to David's rule as king the Ark of the Covenant had been taken by another group of people so they recover it and as they get the presence of God back God instructs David to set up a worship service he tells him and, and I, I love this he tells him to consecrate yourselves in verse 16 of 1st Chronicles 15 he says David also commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as singers who would play loudly on musical instruments on harps and lyres and cymbals to raise sounds of joy later on in verse 28 he says so Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the presence of God and in and, and, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord with shouting to the sound of the horn trumpet trumpet cymbal and made loud music on harps. And later on in verse uh, chapter 16 verse 4 it says, And then he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to, in, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. And so setting up what we're doing this morning is exactly what David was just doing in that passage of Scripture thousands of years before now. So what we get the opportunity to do is we get to invoke or bring about who God is and what God's doing in our individual lives or in our lives as a church or what God has brought us through, those Jordan rivers that we've crossed over in 2021 to get where we are today. And so we have an opportunity, not an obligation. I'm so thankful for that you're here. And you know, there's a lot of people that aren't here for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you know, maybe they're sick, maybe they're traveling, or maybe they just didn't want to be here. I'm so thankful that you're here because what you get the opportunity to be a part of is what David was a part of. What the church historically has gotten to do is acknowledge who God is. I pray that we would not take this for granted, that we would not be distracted. There is so much junk outside of these walls and in our lives that could cloud our vision and keep us from enjoying what God is doing. The fact that you stand here this morning means that there are Jordan rivers you've crossed over and there are stones worth stacking and moments worth memorializing. So let us remember this morning. Let us remember. Stand with us this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing together. So let's stand and pray and let's remember the worthiness and the goodness of God this morning among us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. 
God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for your, your goodness, Lord. I pray that we never take for granted who you are and what you do in our lives. God, there are so many things just trying to rob us of our attention of you. God, there are so many things trying to keep us from truly experiencing the goodness of your glory. Father God, speak to us in a mighty way. Lord, let us worship you in freedom this morning, God. Let us worship you in spirit and truth this morning, God. Let us worship you and give you the glory and honor that you deserve. Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Church, you can be seated for a moment. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, it's going to be a little bit like that this morning, a little up and down. It's you are worthy. You know, and that's the thing about what we do here this morning. That's the, the reason, you know, the thing about us, you know, leaning into time of devotion and prayer and, and just loving after the Lord in our day to day is because He's worthy. You know, do we really think about that? Do we really acknowledge that? Do we really remember that? You know, because the unique thing, and so, you know, when we're talking about Joshua and the people of Israel entering into this place that God has promised them, the thing about it is, and we know shortly after this, that, this, the, that the Jordan wasn't their only obstacle, right? The Jordan wasn't their only obstacle. There were more enemies to come. There were more struggles to come. And so these cairns or these these guys, what God is doing and what God plans to do with their lives, it wasn't only a, a place of memorial. It wasn't only a place to denote a, a, a situation, a miracle that God has done. But these cairns, these things that they used, these stones stacked, they were also meant to acknowledge to the people behind you that you were on the right track. Right? I mean, you imagine a big group of people walking together and when you've made, you know, you think about if you've gone through the woods and you're trying to map out a trail and you mark it with orange tape or you, you cut a certain spot because you want to denote that this is the path, right? This is the direction that you need to be heading. This is the place at which you need to be moving. And so not only are these stones stacked to remember what God has done, but these stones were also stacked to help them remember where they're supposed to go. The direction at which they would move. And we know that because several times in this chapter, this phrase is used. And this is, this is so much bigger than ourselves. You know, because situations like this and, you know, you can preach yourself in the text in the Bible and it kind of takes the, 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 the instruction away from it. But for each and every one of us, that there's something beyond ourselves, that the reasons why we do the things we do and what they mean. And this is the, the statement. In Joshua chapter 4 verse 6, this is the question. This is the statement. It says, that this may be a sign among you for this reason. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Man, how powerful is that moment? And listen, this is one of three times that this statement is specifically used. When your children ask you what these mean, what will it mean to you? What will you tell them that it means to you? And so, not only is it important for us to remember who God is, to memorialize moments in our lives leading up, think for you and yourself in 2021, 
have we acknowledged, have we given God glory for things He's done? Because God is glorious, God is good, and God is worthy. All good things come from the Father of lights, the Bible tells us. That God has been doing things. So number one, that we would begin memorializing those things. Stacking stones of moments where God has done work. Not only for us to remember, but the second thing is this. So that, maybe if you're a parent, grandparent, when your children ask you, what did this mean? Not only just what did it mean in general, but what does it mean to you? What are these moments of God's work in your life? What do they mean to you? How do you explain it? How do you communicate it? What is the reason? Not just because that's what my parents did and that's what I'm supposed to do or that's just the the culture that we live in. No, what does it mean to you? What is the value in it? What is the value of God's work in your life? What is the value of these memorials we've made up in the celebration of what God is doing? It's not just for us, but it's meant as we track through this life and people follow behind us that they have a marker that shows them this is the right direction. Listen, the people traveling the direction isn't perfect. The people making the path isn't perfect. But the memorials of what God's work has been in our lives, that is perfect. God has perfectly placed you where He wants you to be and He has perfectly worked in the midst of your life for this moment. And for moments behind us in moments in front of us to memorialize who he is and what he's done in Joshua 4 4 21 he says let your children know let the people coming up behind you know who God is and what he's done for parents grandparents our children need a point of contact to the miracles of God they need to know they need to know And if you're not a parent or grandparent, people around you need to have a point of contact. And in your circle of influence, you can be that point of contact or the memorials of your life of what God is doing can be the point of contact with miraculous things for other people around you. Listen, the stones don't just represent a moment of God, but they represent a movement of God. You know, these stones being memorialized, they weren't just to look back on, but they were also to look towards and to move beyond. And so for all of us, every single one of us, we have those moments. And all throughout the Bible, this is a constant theme, where it's this question, you know, what do you mean by this? And it's in reference to what your children might say, or what the people coming up might say in Exodus 12, 26-27, when they're talking about the Passover feast. It says, what do these services mean? You know, it's not about just blind faith. It's not about just doing what's comfortable. But he says, what do these things mean? Exodus 13, 14, he says this. He says, uh, you know, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean when he's talking about this celebration that the children of Israel are doing in regards to where God has taken them from? He says this. He says, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. There's something that these moments mean and that they point towards and they're a celebration of. And then in Deuteronomy 6.20, when God gives the greatest command, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He says this in the midst of that. He says, what is the meaning of these testimonies and the statutes and the rules? The questions come. Not to to stump us, but because we should have the answer and that answer is in the good work of what God is doing. And so for us, when we set up these 
these, these cairns, these, these spaces of memorial, when we remember, when we seek to remember, and I pray that in these moments as we're singing, as we're worshiping, and here in a second we're going to pray specifically that God would help us to remember what He's done and help us use the memorial of His miracles to encourage the people around us. That we would not be ashamed, number one, of the work God is doing, but number two, that we would not be forgetful of the work God is doing. Because it's not only for me as an individual, but it's for the people that surround me. It's for the, the circle of my influence that we can encourage and instruct other people. So if you could, stand with me again. And we're going to pray. And I, I pray that we would pray in a sense to God, help me remember. God, help me to see. God, help me to know. And God, help me to make it known. Help me to have the answers for who God is and what He's doing in my life. And be an instruction to my children children's children are my circle of influence. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the work that you've done in our lives. God, help us to memorialize. God, help us to make monuments out of the moments that you've worked in our lives. God, not to be stuck in those spaces, God, but to be encouraged and influenced and moved and motivated. And God, most of all, God, I pray for every individual here. God, that we would see no moment is wasted. God, that you are actively using these moments in our life to make us, to mold us, and to instruct people around us. God, this is not just about us. God, but this is about the greater purpose of your kingdom and your work. And God, you choose to use lowly, broken sinners like me and like us to encourage and instruct and influence each other. Father God, help us to be those people, God, and help us to remember, God, not for our own sake, but the, for the sake of our children and the people we may influence. Father God, we just love you. Lord, we thank you and praise you, God. Let us and help us to sing with confidence this morning. Lord. You know, for us as people, historically, we are not very good at remembering, right? Especially when hardships come, when difficulties come, when issues come. The good things about who God is and what God has done, they can become a faint memory. You know, and, and was, I feel like most of my illustrations have something in regards to nursing or biology or anatomy. So before it's all said and done, you'll probably have a degree if we keep this going for too long. But, um, you know, remembering is obviously not just a spiritual problem, but it's a human problem. And so, like all things, humans like to theorize and try to figure things out. But sometimes I think we can find some, some good work in the midst of what humans have tried to figure out. And one of those things is, is that we have an issue with remembering. And that the main thing that we need to understand is that it is impossible to fight against the issues of remembering. But there are things that we can do to help us remember. You know, one of the main issues with remembering is a theory of something called, and I'm going to read it because I'm going to mess it up, retroactive interference. That one of our main issues with remembering is something called retroactive interference. And what that is, is that what makes it difficult for us to remember new things is the interference of old memories. Right? 
what makes it difficult for us to remember the new things that we've experienced in the immediate or what God has been doing around us, let's make it spiritual for a moment, is old memories. Now think about that. In your spiritual life, when things go wrong, what do you remember? We remember how we've been hurt. We remember how we've been disappointed. We remember how much we are frustrated with ourselves, with the world around us. Those are the things we remember. And the problem is, just in regards to this, in remembering, is our new memories are being overcome by our old memories. Retroactive interference. But there's a solution. It's, not, it's, it's impossible to completely eliminate it, but there is a solution. And the solution is that you rehearse the new memories over and over and over and over again. That to the point to help kind of remember the new information in order to commit it to memory is to rehearse it over and over. Even to the point of what they would tell us to do is overlearn, right? And so when we think about that in relation to our spiritual life, a lot of times we can feel like church or what we do here when we gather to sing the praises of God can feel like a monotony, can feel like overlearning. But it, within itself, what has been built in by the church historically has been for this reason. To rehearse. To rehearse the new memories about the new work that God is doing in our life. Right? So what we're doing, what we've sung about this morning, we're talking about being redeemed by the blood of Jesus and being thankful for what the work of Jesus has done and is doing on our behalf is us rehearsing this story of redemption that God is doing in His people. That if you are a Christian here this morning, God has redeemed you. God has saved you. You are a child of God, not because of the work you've done to earn it, but because of the goodness of God's grace and mercy on your behalf. And so what we do here this morning is we are rehearsing that story over and over and over again so the retroactive memories that are constantly fighting for our attention can be overcome by the new memories of the redeeming work of Jesus. And so when things come against us, when we've crossed the Jordan and enter into new territory of unknowns, of hurts, of doubts, of fears, that I'm remembering what just happened. I'm memorializing the moments that God has used in my life to bring me to where I am today and that I am fighting against the old memories of shame, guilt, fear, and doubt by rehearsing the story of redemption of what God has done for me. Church, I don't know about you, but I need these moments every single day to be reminded, to begin again. And I thank God that His mercies are new every day for me and my failures to step into the, the new day, the new me, uh, begin again all over. And that's what all of this is about. When we sing these songs, we're rehearsing the story of God's work in our life. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus given for us. And so, for that... There's the purpose. The reason why we do what we do is to rehearse this. But like we said, not only for itself, but for the world around us. And then the, the story would end like this in Joshua 4. He says, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. You shall tell them. You shall tell them. Don't let them guess. Tell them what it is. And then the last thing is this. All of this, he says, For the Lord your God, in verse 23, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over 
Isn't that awesome that God maintains His miracles until the work is done? That God's work in our life, the redeeming story rehearsing today, is God still, the presence of God still standing in the midst of the Jordan, letting that work happen? Our work is a, our life is a process. It is a work. And listen, I think a lot of us believe we're like the children of Israel, that we followed God into the midst of the Jordan, and then all of a sudden we've done something wrong, and then God bails out and the Jordan crashes in over us. I think a lot of us live as if the Jordan is crashing in around us. He says no. No matter how long it took, no matter the path that you take, he says that he stood in the midst, that the presence, as long as the presence of God was in the midst of the Jordan, the land was dry. It was ready for walking. It was ready for movement. And for us, church, God has made the path ready for us to move. And it is not based on our abilities, but it is based on God's faithfulness to stand in the midst of that place with us. Not only for ourselves, not only for the people, the children that we would raise up, but He says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which He dried up for us until we passed over. In verse 24, the last verse of this chapter, So that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord is mighty. So that the people of the world may know that the Lord is mighty. Church, that comes through us. They will know the hand of the Lord is mighty because of us. Not because of us hiding in corners. Not because of us living in constant fear. But us walking in the confident calling that God has given us as Christians to make this known. That as we rehearse the story of redemption that God is doing in our lives, that we would leave here this morning. That maybe you've, you've still got family things to do this week. Maybe you've still got people to interact with. That we would rehearse this story in preparation to memorialize the moments that God has used in our life to be a sign to the people around us in the good work that He can and will do, not only in our lives, but the life of the people around us. Church, could you stand with me one more time as we pray a prayer of what I hope, a prayer of response, that our prayer would be, Father God, just use us. God, use the memory the, 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 that you've given me, God, and help that be the center point at which I rehearse God, what you've done in saving a wretched sinner like me, bringing me to this point where you can use me in a way that only you can. And in that usage, in seeing that usage, that God would encourage us to take steps of faith forward. You know, next week we're going to, you know, every year of the first of the year we preach our mission and vision and kind of step back to the verse that really got this church going. And so, you know, as we take that time and we really look for some hard steps forward for us today, that we would start to take this story that we're rehearsing and as we continue to rehearse here this morning, the focus, the center point is Jesus' work of redemption in your life and in my life and the calling. As we step outside of those doors, you're going to walk out with people that we're responsible for discipling and you're going to walk into the lives of other people that are waiting to be discipled by you, to waiting to help, to, for you to help them know the mighty, mighty hand of the Lord in their life and in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you again for who you are, for what you do. God, the glorious nature of your work for us. 
God, as we've rehearsed this story and as we continue to rehearse this work, God, that you would remind us that this is not meant just for us. God, that you have not saved us to sleep, but but God, you've saved us for something. God, you've saved us for a work. God, you've saved us for a movement. God, that you've saved us to step into the world around us. Lord, to help them see. Lord, to help them see the mighty hand of God. God, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, God, that you call us to this place. God, and I pray that we would see that you're calling us to step into that work. God, a glorious work. A work that helps our children to know. God, a work that helps the people of this world to know the goodness and the glory of who you are and what you do. Father God, speak to us, use us, challenge us, convict us in all the ways you would have us to be. But most of all, Father God, as we continue to rehearse, help us to remember. Remember who you are. Remember what you've done and God, what you continue to do, that you are standing in the midst of the obstacle waiting for us to finish the race of life. God, that you never bail on us and you never give up. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.